Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 54 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. But some will reply, this putting me into a consideration of my sins, breathes all my distress and fear, for I find them greater and more than can be pardoned. Oh, say not so, for you can hardly commit a greater sin than indeed to think and to say so. It is blasphemy against God. Yet this sin, if you will follow God's counsel and all others, may and shall be pardoned. I intend not to extenuate and lessen you sin, but you must give me leave to magnify God's truth and mercy and to extol Christ's love and merit. However, it is true that because sin is a transgression of a law of infinite holiness and equity, and in respect of the evil disposition of the heart is of infinite intention and would perpetuate itself indefinitely if it had time and means. And because God, the person against whom sin is committed, is infinite, therefore sin must needs contract an infinite guilt and deserve infinite punishment. Secondly, consider that the price to satisfy God's justice, namely the death of Christ, the only begotten Son of God, does exceed all sin in infiniteness of satisfaction of God's justice and wrath due for sin. For if Christ's death be a sufficient ransom for the sins of all God's elect in general, then much more of thine in particular, whosoever thou be, and how great and how many sins soever thou hast committed. Thirdly, know that the mercy of God, the forgiver of sin, is absolutely and every way infinite. For mercy in God is not a quality, but is his very nature, as is clear by the description of his name proclaimed, Exodus 34, 6, which rightly understood and believed, removes all the objections which a fearful heart can make against itself from the consideration of his sins. Number one, he is merciful. That is, he is compassionate. And to speak after the manner of man is one that has 
bowels of pity, which yearn within him at the beholding of thy miseries, not willing to punish and put thee to pain, but ready to succor and do thee good. But I am so vile and so ill-deserving that there is nothing in me to move him to pity me and do me good. Number two, he is gracious. Whom he loves, he loves freely of his own gracious disposition. Hosea 14.4 I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Isaiah 43.25 And when God saith, he would sprinkle, clean water upon sinners, and that he would give them a new heart, etc. Not for your sakes do I this, saith the Lord God, Ezekiel 36, 25, 26, 32, that you should be sensible of your own misery, and then, in the sense thereof, that God may be inquired after and sought unto for mercy, is all which he expects from you to move him to pity and mercy. Ezekiel thirty six thirty seven. And such is his graciousness that he will work this sense and this desire in you that he may have mercy. But I have a long time provoked him. Number three, he is a long-suffering towards you not willing that you should perish, but that you should come to repentance. Second Peter 3, 9, 15. He waits still for your repentance and reformation, that you may be saved. Yea, but I am destitute of all goodness and grace to turn unto him or do anything that may please him. Number four. He is abundant in goodness and kindness. He that has been abundant towards others heretofore in giving them grace and making them good, his store is not diminished, but he has all grace and goodness to communicate to you also and to make you good. Yea, but I fear, though God can, yet God will not forgive me and give me grace. Number five, he is abundant in truth. Not only the goodness of his gracious disposition makes him willing, but the abundance of his truth binds him to be willing and does give sufficient proof unto you that he is willing. He has made sure promises to take away your sin and to forgive it, and not yours only, but reserves mercy for thousands. Believe, therefore, that God both can and will forgive you. Yea, but my sins are such and such, innumerable, heinous, and most abominable. I am guilty of sins of all sorts. Number six. He forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. 
He is the God that will subdue all your iniquities and cast all your sins into the bottom of the sea. Micah 7, 19. Yay, but I renew my sins daily. Number seven. I answer out of the psalm. His mercy is an everlasting mercy. His mercy endures forever. Psalm 118.1 He bids you to ask forgiveness of sin daily. Matthew 6.11 Therefore he can and will forgive sin daily. Yea, if you sin 70 times 7 in a day, Luke 17.4, Matthew 18.22, and shall confess it to God with a penitent heart, he will forgive. For he that bids you be so merciful to your brother will himself forgive much more when you seek unto him. But I have not only committed open and gross sins, both before and since I had knowledge of God, but I have been a very hypocrite, making profession of God and yet daily committing grievous sins against him. Number eight. What then? Will you say your sins are unpardonable? God forbid. But say, I will follow the counsel which God gave to such abominable hypocrites. Wash ye, make you clean, Isaiah 1.16. I will, by God's grace, wash my heart from iniquity and my hands from wickedness, Jeremiah 4.14. By washing myself in the laver of regeneration, bathing myself in Christ's blood and in the pure water of the word of truth, applying myself to them and them to me by faith. Say in this case, I will hear what God will speak. Psalm 85, 8. And know that if you will follow his counsel, if you will hearken to his reasoning and embrace his gracious offer made to you in Christ Jesus, the issue will be this. Though your sins have been most gross, double-dyed, even as crimson and scarlet, they shall be as wool, even white as snow. Isaiah 118. God will then speak peace unto you as unto others of his saints. Only he will forbid you to return to folly. For not only those who committed gross sins through ignorance before their conversion, as did Abraham in idolatry and Paul in persecuting, nor yet only those who committed gross sins through infirmity after their conversion, as did Noah by drunkenness, Genesis 9.21, and Lot, by incest also, Genesis 19.33, and Peter, by denying and forswearing his master, Jesus Christ, Matthew 
47, obtained mercy because they sinned ignorantly and of infirmity, but also those that sinned against knowledge and conscience, both before and after conversion, sinning with a high hand as Manassas before, Second Chronicles 33, 6, 10, 12, 15. And in the matter of Uriah, 1 Kings 15, 5. David, after conversion, they obtained like mercy and had all their sins forgiven. Why are these examples recorded in Scripture? But for patterns to sinners, yea, to most notorious sinners of all sorts who should, in after times, believe in Christ Jesus unto eternal life. 1 Timothy 1, 15, 16. Be willing, therefore, to be beholden to God for forgiveness and believe in Christ for forgiveness, which, when you do, you may be assured that you never yet committed any sin which is not and which shall not be forgiven. For was it not the end why Christ came into the world, that he might save sinners, yea, the chief of sinners, as well as others? 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16. Was he not wounded for transgressions, viz. of all sorts? Isaiah 53, 5. Is not the end of his coming in his gospel to call sinners to repentance? Luke 5, 32. What sinners does he mean there? But such as you are who are laden and burdened with your sin. Does he not say, if any man sin? Observe, if any man. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous, First John 2, 1, who, by being made a curse for you, has redeemed you from the curse of the whole law, Galatians 3, 13. Therefore, from the curse due unto you for your greatest sin. This concludes episode 54 of... Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.